Hi, I'm Georgie Sinclair, it's Youth Choice and this is School Days, where we ask the pros about their life in school and how it led them into a media career. On today's show, we have successful presenter, documentary maker and poet, Aaron Roach Bridgman. So, Aaron, tell us a bit about your school. Uh, school for me was, um, <laughs> do you know, I, en- <laughs> I enjoyed school a lot. Like, school was a lot of fun, but um, unfortunately, um, when I was in school, I suffered a lot with... Uh, uh, I guess behavior and and anger management uh, problems. So as a result, a lot of my school days were spent uh, suspended from lessons, uh, not allowed in certain classes, sometimes uh, uh, excluded until further notice or excluded um, pending investigation or on report. And yeah, it was crazy. But the thing is, even through all of that, academically, I I, I was always pretty stable and um, I did quite well academically. And I think I really put it down to maybe my parents firstly, but also I had this like, I, I would do my work. I would go home and do my work. I would always do my homework. I just didn't want, do you know what it was? I, did, I didn't want them to have anything more to, to, have to hold against me. To add on me. top of it. Yeah, yeah. And also I had a, a, a teacher in the school who was a history teacher for me, but he was also the deputy headmaster of the school, Mr. Garner. Mr. Garner really put a lot of faith and spent a lot of time with me when everybody else considered me a problem. And I think uh, that faith and that time and that trust that he put into me really benefited me um, as a young man. And it showed because even in his class, in his, in his history class, I was like a top student in his class. I was like straight A's because I think just the relationship I had with him mm. just, ben- it just kind of impacted to me in such a massive way so school was a bit checkered it was a bit spiky um but academically i always enjoyed it and also fun wise i loved it like we had so much fun in school. <laughs> maybe some of my fun was not the best type of fun to yeah. be having but you know we had fun man. <laughs> so um i guess this question's already be answered yeah. but good kid or a naughty kid <laughs> oh mate uh do you know what? and but the thing for me is and i was saying this to somebody the other day and i was saying i might i might actually go and get some counseling because i think one thing that kind of still troubles me to now is that I don't understand why I was so angry as a young as a young man, as a young person. I think, to be honest, in the time that I grew up in, it was a very angry time. Like, I grew up in an area in northwest London, Harsden, um, at a time when we had some of the worst gun crime, knife crime rates in the whole city, and we had the smallest mm. borough. No one didn't understand it. So I think maybe the time was reflective of my attitude and personality. You kind of had to be hard as well. Like when I was growing up, you kind of had to be hard. Mm. There was no um, there was no fake in it. Whereas now I feel like a lot of these young kids are trying to be hard all the time. Definitely, they don't need yeah. to. Now we've got such a plurality, like with, with personalities and ways of being. You don't need to be hard now. Do you know what I mean? Not that I needed to either, but that was that's kind of how it felt. Yeah. And I think, yeah. So what I was trying to say is I, I really want to try and work through maybe with someone that I can speak to professionally about why was I so angry? Because even now as a grown man, I still don't get it. But luckily I was able to work my way past those anger management issues and um, carry on a journey, I guess, a more positive journey. That's great that you're so honest about it though yeah, and yeah, so yeah. open about it. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's important. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of like podcasts and people speaking about, you know, speaking to someone professionally, therapeutically. And I think it's maybe something that I need to do because like, you know, I was very, very angry. Mm. But why? Why was I so angry? Like, do you know what I mean? Because now I'm much more balanced. I smile now. I never smiled when I was growing up. You would never have seen a smile. And people said I've got a nice smile. And I was like, you know, I should have used it from earlier. <laughs> Maybe I would have been so much better. You know what I mean? But yeah. So do you remember what your favourite subjects were? Yeah, baby. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, I always loved English. Love English. Love words even to now. Um, because of Mr. Garner, I loved history. Um, 
obviously PE from right everyone like PE you know mm. the boys like PE <laughs> like um but I think yeah if I'm really honest I think English was a standout for me and then later on um at a level level i did drama and that was unheard of because i didn't have a gcse drama and usually you needed a gcse oh, wow, yeah. drama to go into a level but they were like look we're gonna um they made me do a play i did a play i did um i did greece oh the classic I, I played i i played two roles um and, and then they found out that i could sing as well so they made me do like um Two, I had like two duos. I had I played Teen Angel as well. Beauty School Dropout. Lovely. I had, to, I, had to, I had to play Teen Angel because it was a secret I had. I didn't want anyone to know that because I was very bad. Mm. Yeah, I was a rough, bad one. And then they found out I could sing. This was a secret. I didn't want no one to Ruined know. Ruined the whole image. Yeah. And then I remember my my, foot, my, my, PE, my my football coach and PE teacher came to watch and he was like, Bridgman, <laughs> you can sing. And I was like, yeah, no, but don't tell nobody. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So yeah, and um, yeah, drama and theatre study at A level level and to be honest I was going to go to a drama uh, university mm. but um, coming from the Caribbean um, Caribbean parents don't really believe <laughs> in dreams yeah. um, dreams are not something that is uh, <laughs> justifiable or sanctionable so they were like you want to go and do what? study acting Is that, if you're going to be an actor you could be an actor anyway you need to study it and so they kind of just threw my dreams on the floor and stamped on them and so um, yeah I had to find another alternative <laughs> do you think that made you work harder at it? um I don't know why it did. I think it just made me start thinking a bit more realistically. But then even when I did, when I got to uni, I ended up drifting back towards creativity. And even in uni as well, I actually did a play. I did a play called The Colour of Justice that was based on Stephen Lawrence's um, trial. And I played Stephen Lawrence's best friend. That was a very, probably the most powerful performance I've had as an actor. Whether, well, I say as an actor, I'm not an actor anymore, but I can I could probably still jump back <laughs> in. But that was powerful. And um, I think... When you're when you're a creative, no matter where you go or what you do, you always drift back toward creativity. It's like a girl that's got a hold on you. Like you can try and turn your back away from her, walk away from her, but you're always gonna find yourself drifting back to her because you love her. You know what I mean? And I feel like creativity is something that I loved and I always mm. drifted back towards it. And I think I always will. And I guess that's why I'm here now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So do you remember what initially sparked your interest in like presenting or media as a career? Oh, that's a good question. Um, uh, oh man. All right, so I went to uni and I was doing a more academic-based course. Course? Course. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I changed to do media, culture, and society. And when I changed, I also said, you know, I want to. I think I want to be a writer. I think I want to write. I loved words. Um, I liked writing. Let me try and be a writer. So I started writing for the university newspaper. Uh. And in fact, I think I was the first ever black male section editor wow. at the university newspaper, which is kind of crazy when yeah. you think about it. I got like some sort of accolade to my name. I ain't won no awards yet. That's, <laughs> that's my award. Um, and so, yeah, and funny enough, actually, I, st I became the editor of the TV section, which is really interesting because I didn't have any, um, at the time, there was no real plan to be in, in TV me. myself. But anyway, and so, um, yeah, I started doing that. And in fact, I used to do a lot of um, restaurant reviews as well. Before and for some of the other sections, I used to do restaurant. I used to, I used to like eat and like, like, yeah. I, mean? <laughs> I used to do like restaurant reviews, and I also used to do relationship um, advice as well. I remember I wrote an article called O A O O A O I. Um, it got a lot of um, backlash. It was called. Uh, it stood for 
over analytical, over interrogative, and he was talking about females in relationships. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it got backlash, but I loved it. Um, and so yeah, and then I started getting a little, you know, it was it was fun at a university level. Then I, yeah. I went and did a, um, I did a, I worked with the Times newspaper. I got a byline in the Times newspaper actually. Wow. I think that was the first time ever that my friendship circle bought the Times newspaper. <laughs> I was in the paper, you know, <laughs> roached in the paper. And then anyway, and I got a byline there. Then, then I did the one with Total Film magazine, and I did one with Start Your Business magazine slash Start Your Business TV. But then what I started to realize is journalism is not as dynamic as I thought it was. Um, it's a little bit more staccato. It's a bit more, you know what I mean? It's, and I was like, okay, cool. So what do I want to do? So when I came out of uni, I was like, well, what do I love? And I love music. So I said, you know, let me try and start doing music journalism. That's what I started doing. And then I told one of the people that I worked with um, to, uh, to go to a premiere and film it, because at the time, not a lot of people were doing that. And they said, why don't you come as well? That's a great idea. I said, yeah, I'll come down. When I came down there, they said, oh, yeah, go in front of camera. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't do that because I was I was against it. I didn't want to be seen. That's another thing about me. I didn't want to be seen. Mm. I, I didn't want my face to be out there. I didn't mind my name, but my face, I, didn't, I wasn't really on it. Anyway, I did it and it really worked. And then from there, I was like, hmm. But then I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. But I was lucky that I had people around me that had a lot more faith in me than I had, my, than yeah. I had myself. And so there were people around me that were pushing me pushing me out, out, out outwardly but also pushing me like as a person and um, I guess yeah for me it was like step 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 what's next and then I think even when it came to presenting an Irish lady big up um, big, big up Nicola um, in Athlone in Ireland she, she moved back to Ireland now she booked me for a sh- for an open mic show and then she loved what I did so much she um, did an application for me uh, for the SBTV opportunity, which I which I ended up winning on a Channel Four show, and then from there the rest is history. I just started really putting in a lot of effort to try and learn this craft. So it wasn't a plan; it was step mm. by step. And if I'm honest with you, I didn't want to be a presenter. That's a that's a really big, um, I guess, uh, 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 headline for you. I didn't want to be a presenter, yeah. but um, it happened, and I'm very happy it did. I think that ha- that's quite common where people yeah. have one idea and they end up doing something. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Just be ready. That's what I would say to people, be ready because it's the thing that you, the time that you think is going to happen and the thing you think is going to be, it probably won't be. Yeah. It's going to be a least expected time and the least expected thing, 100%. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned you didn't quite get your interest in kind of a creative career until uni, but did you, did you ever feel like you struggled to fit in as a creative person? Like, did you feel different? Oh, yeah. I felt, I struggled, I struggled to fit in at uni at first. I went to a Redbrick University. Um, that's an environment that someone who's from where I'm from never really had uh, mm. the plans or the inclination to end up in. Like, even people that were like me were more from private schools and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what happened is that our shared experiences were a little bit different. Yeah. At first, I didn't see how that could work. But then actually, you start to realise, actually, these different shared experiences are actually beneficial meeting different people can actually be so beneficial because you learn about different lifestyles and different ways of living and different things and it, it, it kind of like opens your mind to outside of just where you're from industry now when I came in very hard for me as well yeah because even though I had gone to university my friends and my social circles had still very much been very um very street oriented <laughs> so when I came into the industry um, they didn't get it everyone understands everyone knows it. I'm, I'm going to say certain things everyone knows this but in the industry it's very fake yeah mm. there's a lot of oh hi <laughs> and I'm like why are people kissing my face but like you know what I mean and um, there's also a 
a lot of um, people will pretend to be nice, but then they might be talking about you behind your back. Or they might be pretend to be nice and they don't really like you. And that was very much a um, a a different context for me because I was I was used to it being in a situation where if you if you're friends with someone you you're generally friends with them or if you like someone you like them if you don't like them you might not talk to them or whatever it might be but I, I had to understand that I was now in an industry where I had to understand how to maneuver it I had to say like, okay cool all right don't get angry by the fact that some people are a bit fake just understand how it is and learn how to maneuver it so yeah and I've always been quite solo in this industry like there's there's it's not a secret that you might see certain people that you guys know, certain personalities, and they're always in clicks, like with like other people that might be doing mm. something related to them because it helps them with numbers, it helps them in general. Like, but me, if you observe my career from the start, I've very much always been kind of on my own. You might even see me in events, and I'm on my own. But I might know people. I might, I might know people there, but I'm on my own. So my journey has really been a solo one. Which is why even people like Ramel London, who's on Capital Extra, who's like my co-presenter on Sky One, like we've built a very strong relationship even over the last year. And I, I am thankful for people like her because in fact, she's probably, my year hasn't been that good. It didn't start that well, but Ramel really helped to keep me passionate because I was thinking about leaving this industry, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I was thinking about giving it, well, not leaving it, but giving it a break. But Ramel was like, no, you're too close. You're too close. Mm. Keep going. And I'm like, mm, all right, <laughs> let's give it another little try. And then things turned around and the year's finished a lot better than it started. So thanks to her, thanks mm. to God. So if you could go back, what would you say to young Aaron? What would your advice be? Oh, man, young Aaron. <laughs> but young Aaron didn't listen a lot, you know? <laughs> you know, like that. But young Aaron, listen, if you listen to young Aaron. <laughs> um, younger Aaron, what I would say to you is, please, sir, do not be afraid to be yourself, all right? I think you're spending a lot of time fitting in with the status quo of everything. You have certain abilities and certain skills and certain talents. Stop stifling them, use them, and be yourself and see where that takes you because at the end of the day, you go into this world alone and you leave alone. Yeah. So young Aaron, listen to me and do better. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. deep. Yeah, I felt yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> it's the truth, though. It is. It's yeah, it's the truth. We spend so much time trying to do what like everyone else is doing. Be yourself, man. Mm. Embrace yourself and see value in yourself. I feel like sometimes we don't because you, like, I used to play down certain things like intelligence and stuff. Like, I can't let anyone know that I'm intelligent. <laughs> I would hear people say the wrong things, and I'm like, oh, I need to correct that, but I shouldn't correct it. Yeah. I don't want them to think that I'm like, I think I'm greater than them. So I just let them carry on with the um, incorrect <laughs> information. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Be yeah. yourself, man. So, um. We've 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 already spoken a bit about your journey, um, but for people who don't know, could you go into a bit more detail of kind of where where you started and like the environment you were in and kind of how you got to where you are now? Because it's it's quite an inspirational story, I think. Um. Yeah. So uh, I'm from an area called Harzen in Northwest London, um, in the borough of Brent, which is a Brent that has uh, sorry a borough that has been problematic. Um, historically, um, a lot of a lot of problems, a lot of crimes, a lot of deaths. Like for instance, somebody got shot in the head outside my front door and killed. Um, one of my clo- or my best friend is dead. Um, one of my close friends uh, went to jail and just came out last year. He was in jail for twelve years. Um, one of my other good friends, who was part of my close social circle, has gone to jail last year or the year before. He's going to be there for the next four or five years. Um, very unfortunate, uh, very unfortunate background that I come from. I'm not going to be uh, play woe is me. I think some of some of the things that happened are also bad decisions. 
but at the same time when you're in an environment where the, where there isn't as much uh, uh expansive space for decisions uh you make decisions based on what is around you in your environment so i'm not going to chastise them but also i'm not gonna i guess be fully empathetic because mm. we all have choices that we can make um so yeah coming from there um very hard school situation always kind of like kept a steady academic uh achievement level but behaviorally i was problematic ended up um being accused of hitting a teacher um which is a dubious situation mm -hmm. that i'm very embarrassed about but it doesn't need to be gone into um went to took my oh got 11 gcse's like everyone was like, huh? And I was like, mm. <laughs> like six B's. I was like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it. yeah. Then I did my A levels. I got three B's at A level, um, and then I got into a top twenty university. Wow. Um, at which point I started to take academics and ladies seriously. I'm joking. Academics, <laughs> academics seriously, and um, yeah, um, started to really. I became myself in university because I found myself in an environment where I was like, "Raw, everyone here is like more intelligent or as intelligent as me." It was like a very, very competitive and interesting environment to be. And I'm like, yeah. right, so I can actually express intelligence now. So I started doing bare things. I started like, I wrote poetry for years. No one knew. I started reading my poems. I started, I did a poetry blog. I started like um, showing all the things that I had wrote and thought publicly to people around me in that environment. Because for the first time, I felt like I could express this intelligence that I've had burning inside me for years. And then uh, got into writing uh, journalistically. Um, got back into acting because um, I, I did a bit of acting when I was like um, before I went to university I got signed to an agency and my acting was actually starting to go places but I decided to go to Birmingham for university which kind of like made my agent not be able to, uh, to support me because I'm too far got back into acting in uni got back into acting when I left uni did a short film that really did quite well online before we had like the whole online viral stuff mm. that we have now and then got a job worked in jobs but then found myself presenting and doing hosting doing a lot of hosting and then found myself in a situation where I became part of a show on Channel 4 called Inside SBTV from Bedroom to Boardroom and won a competition beating hundreds of people to become a male presenter my first interview with Kelly Rowland went viral um, before we had virality and then from there pressures on I had to learn how to be a presenter yeah um, then I got, um, I did a few years of like loads of celebrity stuff and I was like, Do you know what, I feel like there's more to this. And then so I went to the Edinburgh TV and Film Festival, which is something that I would implore everyone to go to who is interested in the TV industry. Um, met somebody who produced a show on Sky One. He didn't get back to my email about three times, but you have to keep on getting, mm. keep on <laughs> plugging away. And then I went to finally meet him and then he put me into the show straight away. I think I'm one of the wow. only presenters in the show that didn't actually have to audition. And then I said, when I met him, I was like, look, I want to do some serious stuff. Like, I feel like there's serious issues that I want to cover. Yeah. He allowed me to do that on the show. And then I met somebody at ITM Productions, which is one of the biggest production companies in the country. Um, I didn't realize even how big he was as a person. I just went into the meeting with like loads of ideas and just talking, talking, talking. Wow. He ended up really taking a liking to me. And then I ended up doing about maybe a year or two years later, a documentary called One Punch Killers. That was supposed to be on Five Star, but they bumped it up to Channel 5 because they liked it and it became the second highest viewed show on the channel. And then from there, that opened me up to doing documentaries. Yeah. I've done about five or six more, two series. And then very recently, I have done my first documentary with the BBC 
that came out a few days ago is called You Match the Description. It's about stop and search. And now I'm looking at trying to ex explore and um, do even more for 2020. And yeah, very, very grateful. Very, very happy. So a very interesting, different type of journey. Yeah, no, it's an amazing story because it's, it's so like, I feel like there's so many people that can relate to like, not necessarily relate to the situation yeah. you were in, but are in some kind of similar situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that you've made so much out of it is really like I've amazing. I've tried to, man. There's a lot of people that I dedicate it to. You know, my, my, my best friend's not here anymore. Um, he's someone I used to call me Glitzy. Yeah, <laughs> rest in peace, Simon. He used to call me Glitzy. I can see you now, Glitzy on the on the red carpet. <laughs> and he's no longer here. So a lot of things that I do is in is in mm. memory of him and also dedication to him and his parents, his family, who've also supported me as well. And a lot of people that come from where I come from who didn't think that something like this would have been ever been possible. And they embraced me in a very positive way. I was very worried at first, because yeah. I thought when I, as a male presenter, like it's not a rapper, is it? You know what I mean? Mm. It's not something that is seen as that uh, masculine. So I was worried, are people gonna really understand what I'm trying to do? Are they gonna embrace it? But luckily for me, everybody where I'm from really embraced me and really champions me even to now. And so, yeah, man, it's bigger than me. I'm, I'm representing a, a lot of different people. And I feel like that is why I have to make sure I put my best foot forward and represent in, in the best way possible. No more mistakes. Yeah. No more <laughs> suspensions. No more, um, you know what I mean? No more bad behaviours. Mm. I've got to make sure that um, I represent properties because I feel like younger people as well from where I'm from can see, well, do you know, he's from where, where we're from. Exactly, like, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe we can do something. Yeah. And not even maybe, you can do it. We just need to support each other and also just be really hungry and dedicated. Nothing has got me this far apart from just um, hard work. Hard work. I'll be real with you, like, there's no secret. Just work hard. I was working a full-time job from nine to five, then after that, I was going to do places where I was presenting all evening. I was back at work again in the morning, doing it again. Like, sometimes get back home two, three in the morning, back at work again in the morning, doing that. I used to... I used to work in Ricelip you know Ricelip because mm. you're from Pinner I worked in Ricelip South Ricelip and I would go all the way to Brixton after work to film wow. this um, to film That's this low. exactly on the central line um, to film and then the Victoria line to film this um, this uh, entertainment and music news flash that I used to do with this um, guy who, who um, AJ who really had uh, faith in my presenting skills and at least I wasn't even a presenter I was like what are you talking yeah. about he was like look the way you speak I just like it and, da -da -da -da. and so dedication you know what mm. I mean? Working all day in Ryslip, down to Brixton and back from Brixton, back up to um to towards northwest London to go home and then back to, and then straight into bed and then back to work again in the morning. Mad. Hard work, man. If you really want to do this, work hard for it. And now the internet has made things so much no I was gonna say easier, but it's made it different. It's made it more accessible. So there's no excuse. Let's, yeah. let's get it, man. Um, and last question. So obviously you mentioned some of the, the documentaries you've done with um Channel Five and yes. BBC. Yes. So You've done some quite serious um, documentaries about like child crime and the one you mentioned about police stop and searching. Yes. Um, but you also then do What's Up TV on oh, yes. Sky One, which is yeah, much baby. more lighthearted and chilled. Oh yeah. So, as like a as your personal brand, how do you find balance between like the, these di com like completely different themes of work? Do you know what? Yeah, I said that to Reggie because Reggie Yates is like one someone that I speak to. He's someone that um we connected and he. To, takes time to like speak to me and I guess advise me on my career and the thing is he's actually not that much older than me but he's been in this for so long so long um, and I said that to him I said so Reg how do you like you know what I mean you do like the, the top of the popsies and the and the, all these, and then you go back and do that and he was like from his perspective he said it was because he actually the thing that kind of got him big first he actually did factual first I believe I don't think people remember 
Oh, was it? Yeah, he because he he did children's TV, but in terms of like proper light on TV presenting, a factual came first, and then he did entertainment after. So people could always kind of like it's hard to go from entertainment to factual. Yeah, and it was hard for me as well. So in, you're asking me how do I keep a balance? I don't know. It's still very hard. People don't understand it. I feel like in general, people more know me for factual entertainment. Um, people who are proper followers of me will know that, oh yeah, he does this entertainment show as well. But in general, when I go out in the street and stuff and people recognise me, oh, I love what you're doing. The documentaries. Yeah. They think I'm Mr. Serious. So when I smile or I'm being wacky, or I remember I was in, I was in Ibiza. <laughs> I can't even get into the story too much, but I was, in, <laughs> I was in Ibiza and I was behaving a little bit silly. There was a guy from up north who was there and he was like, mate, he's like, are you not having the documentaries? And he was like, you better behave, mate, or you're going to end up on a documentary yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, you know, and I was like, raw, like people actually know who man is, but then they, they know me through factual. And I think, yeah. I think people that have been following me will know me through initially through SBTV. It's different demographics now. It's weird. I'm I'm trying I'm still trying to balance it I'm still trying to bring it all together where you can actually where you can where people can understand that yes I do factual and I'm I, and I I care a lot about social issues but I I'm also to my friends and they'll tell you they find it hilarious that I do factual because my friends know me as the idiot <laughs> like they know me as the as the as the wacky slapstick silly like um person that I am so when they see me like with these straight faces talking about these serious <laughs> issues they're like Roach but it's because I guess. I've always had this multitude, this plethora of different interests. Like, for instance, one of my big, this is a secret now, one of my big, big, big passions and interests um, are animal documentaries. Like, I am like a... Planet Earth, oh, Blue Planet. I am a super, super, super Attenborough fan, like, differently. Like, I don't just watch the shows, I buy the book. Oh, wow. I've got the Blue Planet book. It's about this big. I've got the Dynasties book. It's about that big as well. That is commitment. Do you know what I mean? Like, I really love animal documentaries. And, and I feel like because now I have a platform, why can't I um, explore different things? Like, I had a meeting the other day at the BBC, but it was more with their science department. I was telling them, guys, wow. I'm on it. Like, let's make sciences. Let's make the educational, educative stuff more cool. Not more cool, but, you know, let's give it a little bit of a, uh, a spin by having someone like me do it and my angle would be is look I'm not a I'm not a uh, a expert but I am someone who is a sponge I like to learn so that's what I want to do and I feel like that's what I'm trying to show people as mm. well it's like like I have a I have a massive personality but I also care a lot about social issues let's combine them both so in yeah. terms of your question in terms of balancing I'm not balancing people still find it hard to understand that but I'm going to get to a stage where you can understand that I am but for me as a presenter, I think you're supposed to be multifaceted. I think as a presenter, you're supposed to be a conduit. So whatever the subject matter is, you're sh you should be able to present that. Like, I feel like because now we've got like documentary presenter, they call me documentary presenter sometimes, factual presenter. I am just a presenter. I have the ability to engage with a multitude of subjects and I can present them to you in whichever way is apt to that subject. And I want to stop being pigeonholed. But at the same time, I am not angry because the documentaries and stuff have been impactful. So if people see me in that way, it's good, but also yeah. see the other sides to me as well. But we're going to get there. We'll get there. Takes time, takes yeah, time. Yeah, it does. It's hard, man. It's hard. Trust me. But it's going good. Yeah, it's going all right. Yeah, do you know, good. I was complaining to one of my directors that I worked with on my first documentary and he was like, he's from up north, he's from Bradford. He's like, chief, he's like, it takes 15 years to be an overnight success. And I was like, yo, that's deep. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that, and it, and it kind of made, it kind of spun my whole frustrations. And I was like, that's, mm. that's actually so true. Now, what yeah. he means is, 
like and I see it with the documentary stuff like I was grinding for years but some people have only joined me since documentaries I've been doing I've interviewed like some of the biggest names in the world for over the space of four or five years before I came into documentaries but what he was saying is is that when it when it happens and it happens on the biggest level some people are going to just know you from oh wow where's he come from yeah but they're not like gonna, he's come from nowhere, but they don't know. But that. they won't know that there was 15 years yeah. that took me to get to this success. And now I'm an overnight success without you realising that actually, no, this is 15 years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like Even like someone like Giggs, who's like one of my friends as well. Giggs, like, I haven't listened to Giggs since I was a, like a child. Like I've got tunes in my head that, that Giggs made like from like 15 years ago. Arguably, Giggs has only been a big, massive deal as he is for the last four, maybe five years. He's been doing this for like 20 years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So... 15 years I, 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 I don't want to wait that long but um, it, it made me a little bit more patient and a little bit more understanding yeah. do you know what I mean lovely thank you very much for joining us you're welcome and thank you for having me that was a good conversation that was really good